Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Redlands campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. Who, uh, who's here this morning and you'd, you'd really love just to uh, allow God's Spirit to minister to you? Who's here to encounter God this morning? Who's here to meet with him and let him uh, speak to you and change uh, you from the inside out? Really great to, to be here this morning. And um, this week, I, I just really felt like God bringing us back to that ancient prayer that we started the year with this year. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come and have your way in us. And one of, one of the pictures right throughout Scripture from the very beginning of creation right to the very end of new creation, of the Holy Spirit being poured out and bringing new life. It's a picture of the Holy Spirit being poured out like living water. Even Jesus Himself said it. He says, uh, you know, when He's glorified, the Holy Spirit will come. It will be like streams of living water flowing uh, from within you. I'm praying that's the experience that you have here this morning. It'll be like living water. As you meet with God, He'll come and refresh your soul. As Danny prayed before, there'll be an overflow of hope, an overflow of joy from the heart of God, an overflow of peace. It'll be like streams of living water. Can I encourage you this morning? I just invited Beck just to sing this song over us for a moment. You, you might want to close your eyes. You might want to look at the water on the screen. But just receive. Just let God minister to you. These are, the, these are words from, and I'm going to show you in a minute, these are words from the throne room of heaven. Just let the words of this song, the power of the Holy Spirit, just minister to your heart this morning. Just enjoy Him for a moment. God, I live to worship You. All my life I offer You. Simple melodies of sacrifice. Open hands and open heart. You're the only one I want Your presence is my treasure, my delight Fall like rain Holy Spirit, fall like rain Holy Spirit, have your way let your glory fall down. Let your glory fall down. One thing I ask, one thing I seek, so much more than anything to dwell within your house for all my days. Knowing you is every 
so I let go of lesser things. You alone are worthy of my praise. So stir in me a passion for your name and fall like rain. Holy Spirit, fall like rain. Holy Spirit, have your way. Let your glory fall down. Let your glory fall down. And fall like rain. Holy Spirit, fall like rain. Holy Spirit, have your way. Let your glory fall down. Let your glory fall down. Now, 600 years before Jesus walked on earth, the people of God had sinned against God and the glory of the Lord had left the temple. And they were actually marched off out of their homeland, carried off in exile to Babylon. And they're sitting beside a river, the river of Babylon, they didn't want to sit beside. They're, they're confused, they're disoriented, and they're feeling absolutely hopeless. And it was all because of their own sin. Yet God in His extravagant grace begins to give them a picture of the future, a picture of hope, a picture of His Spirit being poured out in, in a new way. Just have, have a listen to what uh, God says to him. It says, The man brought me back to the entrance to the temple and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside of the outer gate, facing east. And the water was trickling from the south side. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and then led me through water that was ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and he led me through water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand. He led me through water that was up to my waist. He measured off another thousand. But now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in a river that no one could cross. He asked me, son of man, do you see this? Then he led me back to the bank of the river. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. And he said to me, the water flows towards the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah where it enters the Dead Sea. And when it empties into the sea, the salty water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live Wherever the river flows, there'll be large numbers of fish because the water flows from there and makes the salt water fresh. So wherever the river flows, everything will live. Fishermen will stand along the shore from En Gedi to En Glaim. There'll be places for spreading nets. The fish will be of many kinds, like the fish of the Mediterranean Sea. 
but the swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They'll be left for salt. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fall. Every month they will bear fruit because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. It's a beautiful vision of the extravagance of God's love and grace, of the outpouring of His Holy Spirit on His people, bringing new life, bringing an abundant fruitfulness, bringing healing from within. It's a picture of the Holy Spirit being poured out on people who are desperately thirsty, desperately need new life. I wonder if this morning we could just stand and just begin to sing these words like a prayer. Make this your prayer this morning. Holy Spirit, fall like rain. Holy Spirit, pour afresh on me. Come on, sing it this morning, church. Holy Spirit, fall like rain. Holy Spirit, have your way. Let your glory fall down. Let your glory fall down. And fall like rain. Holy Spirit, fall like rain. Holy Spirit, have your way. Let your glory fall down. Let your glory fall down. Have your way. Let your glory fall down. Let your glory fall down. Holy Spirit, would you fall like rain here today? Holy Spirit, come and fall afresh upon us. Come and bring new life, new hope. God, a fruitfulness in our lives. God, come and pour out your healing. God, would you heal broken hearts here this morning? God, where there's bitterness, God, would you bring beauty, pour out your healing power. God, where there's unforgiveness, come by your Holy Spirit. May forgiveness flow in our hearts, in our lives, in our families. God, where we've just gotten stuck, God, come and pour out your Spirit upon us. Guide us. Make, make new paths for our feet. New places for us to swim in. Holy Spirit, pour out. Pour out your love and your power in abundance. You're the God of extravagance. There's nothing that is beyond you. There's nothing that is too hard for you. God, come and pour out your Spirit upon us. We pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said, 
Amen. Amen. Please grab a seat. Hey, this morning I want to share a vision, which I've already read, uh, an exhortation and an invitation. A vision, an exhortation, an invitation. This is a beautiful vision. You guys just put it on my heart in the last month or so. I've been praying about it and just really believe it is a, uh, a vision from Ezekiel 47. Uh, just a picture of what God is wanting to do across our church uh, right now. It's a, it is a beautiful vision. It's a time when the people of God are sitting beside the rivers of Babylon and they, they're grieving Some of you will know the song, By the Rivers of Babylon, where we lay down. It actually comes from Psalm 137. And it says, By the rivers of Babylon, we wept. We grieved because we remember everything that we lost. We remember everything that we lost in Zion. We remember when the glory of God was in the temple and we enjoyed the presence of God, but it's all been lost because of our own sin. And they're weeping, they're grieving, they're confused and they're very well aware right now it's all their own fault. Because if you read the first 30 or so chapters of Ezekiel, the visions aren't that beautiful. In fact, they're pretty stinking awful. And he's making it very, very clear that they're, they're in this situation because of their own sin. The glory of the Lord has left the temple because they had turned to idolatry. They'd actually turned to living out of their own wisdom and their own strength rather than out of the wisdom and the strength of God. They thought they could do it on their own. And from that, it led to idolatry. From that, it led to to all sorts of of sinful living that was terrible uh, for their own personal spiritual lives, but it was terrible uh, for the community. But it all started because they began to trust in themselves. They began to trust their own wisdom. They didn't need God. They began to trust their own strength. They didn't need the the power of God. And slowly their hearts turned away from God and now they're away from the presence of God. In the midst of this hopelessness, in the midst of this grief, in the midst of the tears and the heartbreak and the confusion, in from Ezekiel 37 onwards, the visions start to change. And God starts to give them these beautiful visions of the Holy Spirit being poured out on them afresh, of new hope uh, for the future. And Ezekiel 47 is, is one of those pictures. And Ezekiel begins to see water flowing, just like a little trickle. Just a little narrow trickle coming under, you know, the wall of, of, of the temple. And as he begins to walk, you know, along uh, this little trickle, the trickle becomes ankle deep. Gets a little bit wider and, and the trickle becomes ankle deep. And then it says, you know, the man who's showing him the vision or is in this vision that God's given him measures off another 500 metres. 1,000 cubits is almost 500 metres. Measures off another 500 metres and they, they walk through ankle deep water for 500 metres and then it's knee deep. 
and they're walking you know, up to their knees. And then it says the man measures off another 500 metres and they're in up to their waist. They're now wading through water. And as they measure off another 500 metres, it says this beautiful picture of the river has gotten so wide that no one can cross. And it's so deep that it's deep enough to swim in. There's rivers to swim in. There is waters to swim in. It's a picture of the extravagance of God. It's a picture of the of the, the power of God's Spirit being poured out without measure, like waters to swim in. It's a, it's a vision of new life. So we see in verses 8 to 10 there, it says, wherever the river flows, everything lives. So there's swarms of, of, of living creatures. There's fishermen lined along the bank, spreading their nets, and everyone's getting a catch because there's swarms of living creatures. Put your hand up if you like fishing. Put your hand up if you hate fishing. Put your hand up if you think you'd like fishing, if you never had to bait your own hook and you're always guaranteed a catch. Yeah, that's cool fishing. This is what's happening. It's fishermen's paradise. There's fish everywhere. You never have to bait your own hook. There's just nets spreading out and fish enough to eat. Then it goes on to say, even when the river flows into the Dead Sea, what is dead comes to life. That's the heart of God. That's what I want us to take hold of this morning. It's a vision of new life where God's presence turns up, where the Holy Spirit flows into the dead things in our life. He brings new life. He's able to to bring what is dead back to life. It's a vision of new life. It's also a vision of abundant fruitfulness. It says, where the river gets so wide, no one can cross and so deep that it's deep enough to swim. And it says, there's fruit trees of every kind growing along uh, the river. Their leaf does not wither. They actually produce fruit every month. It's an abundant fruitfulness. What's your favourite fruit? Mangoes, grapes, coconuts, they're all there. An abundant fruitfulness. Notice nobody said chocos. The only time I've seen this kind of abundant fruitfulness was when my grandfather, who was a workaholic, retired and he started a market garden just to feed you know, his family and neighbours, but he couldn't stop working. And so it sort of grew out of control. And he grew so many chocos, I one day filled a whole one-ton ute full of chocos and I'm driving them around to every person he's ever met in his entire life, trying to give them a 20 litre drum of chocos each. Nobody wanted them. They're the only things I've ever seen grow in an abundant fruitfulness, but they taste like lawn clippings. And, <laughs> but here in this picture, you know, God's saying every good fruit you can imagine, every good fruit you can imagine, in abundance. There's an abundant fruitfulness. And it's a picture of healing. 
It says, even the leaves of the trees will bring healing. Even the leaves of the trees will, will be there to heal you. When the life of God, the Spirit of God is poured out in, in abundance, He'll bring healing. Now you've got to remember this is a supernatural vision. He's not trying to paint a picture of what's naturally going to happen. It's a supernatural vision. Now, water doesn't start trickling really narrow and shallow and become wide and deep in the desert. We know very well in this country it happens the other way around. You know, rivers start wide and deep and become narrow and shallow. It doesn't matter how much water there is, fruit trees don't fruit every month. This, God, God's given us this picture of something that's beyond the natural. It's beyond, you know, what we can, you know, actually imagine. What He can do supernaturally is abundantly more than anything that we've imagined naturally. It's always been the heart of God. If you go right back to the beginning in Genesis chapter 2, we actually see a very, very similar picture. Adam and Eve are created and they're placed beside a river in Genesis chapter 2. And it said, as the river flows, there is life and there's, there's fruit trees growing along the river. You know, it's a picture of God's original intention, His original intention for creation of life being poured out. Then in Ezekiel, we got this picture in the midst of sinfulness and God's, God's beautiful picture of creation being broken, that, that God can bring His new life and His fruitfulness and His healing into the midst of our sin and brokenness. And then it's the same picture right at the end in new creation, in Revelation 22. Just have a listen to how similar this is to Ezekiel's vision. It's a picture of, of heaven for all of eternity. It says, And the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. This has always been the heart of God. For God's Spirit to be poured out like living water, bringing new life, bringing you know, a new, new intimacy with God, bringing an abundant fruitfulness, bringing healing. When Jesus stood in the temple that Ezekiel has this vision of 2,000 years ago, in John chapter 7, he says, Anyone here is thirsty? Anyone here is spiritually thirsty? Whoever believes in me can come to me and drink. And it will be like rivers, say it with me, of living water. Rivers of living water flowing from within them. So the ultimate fulfillment of Ezekiel's vision here on earth is in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see, God no longer lives in a house. He no longer lives in a temple, you know, made of, of, of stone and wood and elaborate metals. God lives in us. If you put your faith in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, it says you 
are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, you know, these streams of living water is actually talking about the Holy Spirit who was yet to come because he had not yet been glorified. He's saying, this picture, this ancient picture in Ezekiel is a picture of what God wants to do in you. If you've got faith in Jesus Christ and you're thirsty for his Holy Spirit to, to, to flow in you, it'll be like streams of living water. You see, when the Spirit is alive, when the Spirit flows in us, there is new life. We have new life in Christ. We have, have new life when, when, when dreams, you know, we feel like dreams are dying and hopeless within us. He can bring to life what is dead. He's always working together for good for those who, who love Him to bring something good even out of the pain in our lives. When the Spirit flows, He brings new life. He brings an abundant fruitfulness. The fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. And more and more, this is an ongoing, month in, month out, day in, day out. There's an ongoing fruitfulness, becoming more and more like Jesus when the Spirit is flowing within us. When the Spirit flows within us, there's healing. It's healing from the inside out. You say, it's actually true. There are some leaves that have some physical healing properties. Some of you know that. When you've been sunburnt in the Queensland sun, what do you put on your skin? Aloe vera. It's got some healing properties. I don't care how much aloe vera you suck on. It's not going to heal your broken heart. It's not going to heal what's broken on the inside. But the Holy Spirit, like streams of living water within us. Holy Spirit can heal what no leaf can heal. In fact, the Holy Spirit can heal what no doctor in this room can heal. Holy Spirit sees the wounds that no x-ray can pick up. He's able to supernaturally and miraculously heal the brokenness within us. And I believe as some of us here this morning, like the people in Ezekiel's time sitting beside a river you didn't want to sit beside. You find yourself in a place you were never planning to be. And maybe you're grieving what you've lost. Maybe there's pain thinking about what you really want. God's able to pour out His Spirit in our hearts and bring healing in the midst of it. It's a beautiful vision. Let me give you an exhortation before I make the invitation. I just believe some of us today are just paddling in the shallows of what God has to offer us. I know I look just a little bit ridiculous right now. But if you read the first 30 chapters of Ezekiel, he does a bunch more ridiculous things than this to make his point. This is a simple picture. I just feel like God, as I was praying about this, uh, this passage, I just felt like God gave me. feels like God's given us everything we need to swim in the deep waters of the Spirit. But some of us is paddling in the shallows. We've got everything we need to actually in Christ. We've got everything we need to enjoy swimming in the deep waters of the Spirit. 
but we're happy just paddling in the shallows or more importantly, we're probably not happy. We think we only deserve to paddle in the shallows. Some some of the clues that maybe you're just paddling in the shallows of what God's got for you, maybe that right now you're just feeling bone weary. You're just tired. You see, shallows are fun for little kids, aren't they? Some of you here in the room, you've got little kids, you've got a pool like this at home. It's a whole lot of fun for little kids. Why? Because they're not physically and mentally mature enough for deep water. And so it's fun for them to splash in the shallows. But, but as we get older, we, we tend, unless we're sitting in here with our kids, we tend not to swim in the shallows. So we know there's something better. We know there's deep waters to swim in that are much more refreshing. See, shallows are fun for little kids because they're safe, but they kind of get boring after a little while. And the shallows aren't that refreshing. And maybe some of us are here this morning and you're just feeling weary. And God's saying, if you come to me, if you're you're thirsty, I, I got waters that will refresh your soul. You're really weary here this morning, spiritually, emotionally, relationally weary. Maybe you're just paddling in the shallows of what God's got for you. Another sign that you might be in the shallows is that you're just feeling really unsatisfied. The things that once enticed you and thrilled you, whether they be sinful pleasures that once enticed you or whether they just be pleasures that once enticed you. They just don't seem as enticing anymore. They don't seem as thrilling. Maybe you're just feeling just a little unsatisfied. You know there's got to be something more than this. There's got to be something more to life than this. Maybe you're just paddling in the shallows of what God's got for you. Another sign might be that you've actually lost joy. You've just, just lost joy in life. You've kind of lost joy in the simplicity of life. You've lost joy in, in relationships. Maybe you've even lost joy in the Lord. I've got to say, it was probably this for me that led me to this passage. I'd say for the last three or four months, I just, I just lost joy, lost the joy of life and ministry, which is very unusual for me. I love serving God, I'm passionate about the church. But I just lost joy. And I actually found myself having a, a physical experience of this vision a couple of weeks ago. We had our annual staff retreat out at a farm and uh, we had an hour and a half to go and sit in silence and solitude and just be with God, just listen to Him. Real gift. I found myself walking down to the creek. I was sitting there for about 20 minutes, sitting beside still waters and it was ankle deep. It was the shallows. After about 20 minutes, I was getting agitated 
and hot. And I realised it was hot and there was no shade where I was sitting. There was one tree in front of me and as I looked at it, I looked up, I realised it wasn't giving any shade because it had been poisoned and it was rotting from the inside out. I felt like God was saying, you keep going down this track. This is what's going to happen to you. And I realized I was poisoning myself on my own self-talk. And it can happen to all of us. We actually just get into our own kind of pity party. We have our own self-talk that we're living on. It's too hard. It's too much. It's never going to change. Don't know if I can do this anymore. We start living on our self-talk and it poisons us on the inside. I got up and I walked down the creek to where the river literally, like this vision, got wider and deeper. As I got there, I noticed there weren't fruit trees on every side, but there was trees lining both sides of the creek. And there was shade And I immediately felt the cool of the shade. And as I looked into the water, there weren't swarms of fish, but there was actually about three or four eels just swimming around. It was kind of like the river got water, uh, the water got deeper and wider and there was life and it refreshed my soul. I reckon there's some of us here, we've just lost joy and God's saying, will you just get into the deep waters of what I got for you? You can come up with all sorts of excuses. I was coming up with all sorts of excuses while my circumstances had landed me in this place. But God's invitation is the same. I I got water deep enough for you to swim in, to refresh yourself. Lastly, the last thing that might be a sign that was in the shallows is that we're just spiritually bored. I reckon that some of us here are spiritually bored. You hear the stories of people, you know, see what I'm doing here, bored. Now you hear the stories of people riding the waves, the adventure of faith, and you're cheering them on. But part of you is going, why doesn't that happen for me? Why, why am I spiritually bored and others are having the adventure of faith? I think for some of us, the answer is we're staying where it's safe and it's time to step out of the shallows and that actually takes some faith. There's a time for all of us as we've grown up, we had to step out of the shallows and into deep water, and learn to swim. And it took some faith. It took learning some new skills, how to float, how to move our arms. I now got grandkids, and I'm in the pool constantly. Come on, swapping arms, swapping arms. You know. But that's true for all of us. We had to jump into deep waters and, and learn to swim. And it was thrilling. We might have forgotten how thrilling it was. But it was thrilling. I see the joy on my granddaughter's face when she does something new in the pool. I wonder whether that's what God's wanting to do for some of us. He's wanting to do a new thing. 
He's calling us to step out of the shallows. There's waters to swim in. And it's going to take some faith. Beautiful vision. The exhortation is this. Step out of the shallows. The invitation is this. Swim in the deep waters of the Spirit. Swim in the deep waters. Let me get really practical as we finish. How do we swim in the deep waters of the Spirit? How do we step out of the shallows? For some of us, it's actually going to be a turning to God. You know, in Ezekiel's vision, the people of Israel had to turn back to God. They'd been away from God and they had to turn back to God. When Peter preaches the gospel for the first time, the, uh, there's a whole bunch of religious people there who just crucified Jesus. And what does he say to them? Repent then and turn. Turn back to God. Turn away from religion and turn to God. Your sins may be wiped out and there may be times of refreshing. Some of us need to turn to God. You've turned to other things. Maybe you've turned to your own wisdom, your own strength. Maybe you've turned to all sorts of other, you know, sinful addictions or pleasures. And it's time to turn back to God. Maybe some of us here have turned to religion and we're just going through the motions. And Jesus is saying, if you're worn out on religion, would you just turn back to me? I got times of refreshing when my spirit comes in. Some of us need to turn to God. For some of us, it's a thirst for God. We're all spiritually thirsty. We're all thirsting for something. Blaise Pascal, the the philosopher, uh, said this. He says, we fill our lives with busyness, with distraction, and having done so, we are temporarily released from our thirst. Every other thing that we thirst after is just a temporary release. And you can go from temporary release to temporary release, from busyness to busyness, from distraction to distraction, but it'll only ever be a temporary release. And some of us this morning, God is just stirring up a new thirst. He's stirring up a new thirst for Him. He's saying, come to me and drink. He's got something better for you. Some of us are turning to God. Some of us a new thirst for God. For some of us, it's simply time with God. Psalm chapter one, it says, blessed is the one who delights in the law of the Lord, who meditates on his word day and night. They're like a tree, similar to this vision, planted beside streams of living water. They're there, they yield fruit constantly. Their leaf never withers. Because of time. They delight themselves in the law of the Lord. They meditate on His Word day and night. You see, my, my relationship with Susan is, uh, is deeper than any other person on planet Earth. Not because I've got a wedding certificate on the wall saying that 29 years ago we got married. But because for the last 29 years I spent more time with her than anybody else. Many of you might have a baptism certificate somewhere on your wall or somewhere hidden in your drawer. But that's not going to actually bring you into this deep relationship with God. It's actually spending time with Him. For some of us, we've got to this time in the year and there's so much busyness, there's so much distraction. We know if we're going to swim in the deep waters of the Spirit, we're going to step out of the shallows. It's simply about time. Delighting ourselves in, in God's Word. Meditating on it day and night. And lastly... For some of us, and I think there's a whole bunch of us, is trust in God. 
He says, the water is now deep enough to swim in. No one can cross it. This is not a human endeavour. And nothing in the Christian life is dependent on human endeavour. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ for salvation, for the forgiveness of sins, what did it have to do with you? What, what did you do to earn it? What did you do to deserve it? What did you do to get strong enough? What did you do to become wise enough? Not a jolly thing. Nothing to do with human endeavour. All you could do is repent and put your faith in what Jesus had already done for you. All about him. Now, some of us, when we put our faith in Jesus, we know it's all about him. It's nothing to do with us. We receive it by grace. But then we kind of go out the other side and we go on living according to our own wisdom and strength until we get to heaven. It was never their plan. Day one, day one is trusting in Jesus alone for salvation, trusting in His wisdom, His strength, the, the power of what He's done on the cross for us. Day two, same thing, but just getting a little deeper. Day three, same thing. I'm out of my depth here, God. I'm trusting in You alone. Day four, day five, never changes. Maturity in Christ is not about becoming dependent on ourselves. Maturity in Christ is when we constantly live out of our depth. We live in the waters to swim in. We live in constant trust in the power of God's Spirit living within us. Every moment, every day, every relationship, every sphere of influence we're in, every challenge in front of us, thank God, I'm out of my depth. I need you. I think some of us are spiritually bored because we're staying in the shallows. God's saying, jump into the deep waters to swim. Jump into the deep waters to swim. It's going to feel uncomfortable, just like when you learnt to swim. It's going to feel uncomfortable for a little while, but it will be thrilling. If you're getting spiritually bored, somewhere along the line, you stop living in the power of the Spirit and you stop following the Son of God. It's living in the power of the Spirit, following the Son of God, never boring. You follow Him around in the Gospels. He does remarkable things. He spits in the dirt and He heals a dude's eye with a bit of mud. He turns water into wine. I know our Baptists have been turned back ever since, but uh, he does remarkable things. He provides a picnic, abundant, abundant provision. Probably 20,000 people on the side of the hill feeds them all. Everywhere he goes, remarkable things happen. Pigs go running down the bank and start floating dead in the river. Like, what's going on there? You won't always be able to work it out. Picks up a dude's ear that his mates just cut off with a sword, just sticks it back on. In the midst of all that power, the most remarkable thing he did was turn towards Jerusalem, turn towards 
his temple and this vision, knowing that he was turning towards his death. But knowing, after being stripped naked, nailed on that cross for the forgiveness of your sins, wiping them out, they'll never count against you. You'll never, ever have to work. You'll never have to work for God's goodness and extravagance in your life. It's just for you. It's there for you. If you've put your faith in Christ and your sins have been wiped out, the most remarkable thing that happened on day three when the women went to anoint that dead body who died for our sins. He wasn't there. His grave clothes were neatly folded on the end of the bed because Jesus is a gentleman. But He's not just a gentleman. Jesus defeated the grave. He overcame death. He brought new life. He's not just a gentleman. He's not just a good teacher and a miracle worker. He is the risen Son of God. He's the living King. All power and authority in heaven and on earth is His today. He's here today by the power of His Holy Spirit. And His his extravagant love and His mighty power and His unending wisdom is for you. Time to step out of the shallows. Swim in the deep waters of the Spirit. Can we stand? We hope you've been blessed by this message. We are a growing family and we'd love to see you at one of our Sunday services because everyone who comes through our doors is welcome. You can find out more about our community and locations at gatewaybaptist.com.au.